our future is intact. There is safety for us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God bless you, choir. God bless you. Amen. Oh, clap for Jesus. Clap for Jesus. My topic for this morning is righteousness through faith in Christ. Righteousness through faith in Christ. Amen. Shall we read Genesis chapter 15? Genesis chapter number 15. And we're going to read verses 1 through 6. Genesis 15. Hallelujah. Genesis 15, 1 through 6. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me? Seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir. But he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Now what's heaven? And tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. Bible says, And Abraham believed in the Lord. Abraham believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. Hallelujah. Abraham believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. Spirit of God, we just want to thank you. Minister to our hearts. Encourage our hearts, O oh God. Build us up through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Righteousness through faith in Christ Jesus. Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 to 6. Actually, Genesis chapter 1 begins with a statement after these Things. So when you read after these things, then you know that that is really not the beginning of Genesis 15. You have to go back to 14 to see what it is that scripture is referring to, which is in Genesis chapter 14. After what things? Abraham, upon hearing, when you read Genesis 14, Bible says that there was a league of kings that came from the east fought Sodom and captured many people there, including Lot, which was Abraham's 
nephew. And the Bible says that upon hearing and his family had been taken hostage, Abraham pursued after the confederation of the powerful kings. Bible says that he came upon them at night at a place called Dan. And because Abraham, Abraham took them by surprise, he defeated the kings, pursued them, and took back Lot and his family. Scripture says that Abraham had about 318 soldiers who actually went and caught or brought Lot back to their camp. And on his return, when, the, when he went there and took hold of Lot and regathered the lots that these kings had taken from Sodom, when he was coming, the Bible says that he met Melchizedek and out of the abundance of his heart in terms of thanksgiving, tithe actually to Melchizedek. Just a way to say thank you to God for the victory that he has routed through him. But the Bible says that the king of Sodom, he was so happy that Abraham was able to go and bring his people back to Sodom. So he offered Abraham that Abraham, everything that you have collected, all the lots that you've retrieved, I want to give everything back to you. I'm happy that you went and chased after these powerful kings and you were able to take them out. You're able to bring Lot and all the people back to Sodom. So Abraham, that is your gift. Take everything that you collected. The Bible says that Abraham refused. He said, I'm not going to take anything from you because when I do, in the near future, you stand up and say that, oh, it is me that have made Abraham wealthy. Or anything that I will receive, you are going to say that it is not my God who gave it to you, but it is you to me. The Bible says that Abraham refused to take those gifts. And then we come to chapter 15. And chapter 15 begins by saying that after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Abraham, fear not. Abraham, fear not. When God says, fear not, or not be afraid, then it means that definitely you were afraid. So when God told Abraham, Abraham, fear not, it means that Abraham was afraid of something. And the question I'm asking myself was, Abraham did great things. You were able to conquer the kings. So what kind of fear is God talking about? Not only did he say, Abraham, fear not, but he said that I am thy shield and exceeding great reward. I believe that when Abraham went and conquered the kings, because he took them by surprise, he had a competitive advantage and was able to take Lot and his family back 
was able to bring all his people back. He took the kings by surprise. I believe that Abraham himself did not have the capacity, the military capacity or ability to overcome the kings like that. So when he sat back and was thinking about the strength of these kings, he probably was afraid that they will come back to him and capture him. They will come back to him and defeat him. So I believe that it is not stated specifically in scripture, but when you look at the context of chapter 14, you notice that Abraham was probably afraid that the people will come back and get him. Not only that. I also believe that he probably had what they call the highest remorse in a sense that as he stayed back in his house, I believe he was thinking, should I have accepted all these gifts that the king offered me? Should I have accepted all the gifts? Was it a mistake that I told the king that, oh, you know what? I don't need anything. I did this maybe in the name of God, so just keep it. Maybe Abraham was thinking about these two things. Are they going to come back and defeat him? Or did he make a mistake by letting go of the gifts that he was going to receive from the king of Sodom? So God who knows the heart of man knew that Abraham was afraid. So he said, Abraham, do not be afraid. I am your shield. And then God who knows the heart of man, I believe understood or knew that Abraham was contemplating whether or not he made a mistake to have taken all those gifts. He said, and so God said, I am your exceedingly great reward. Hallelujah. Abraham, don't be afraid. I am your shield. Abraham, don't be afraid. I am your great reward. You don't need all the stuff from the king. You made the right choice not to collect back, not to get those things because Abraham, when you have me, when you have God, you have everything. Abraham, when you know me, when you have God, I am your shield. I will protect you. I will make sure that the kings will not come back and get you. Just stick with me for a minute. There are times in our lives, some of you, maybe you're thinking, oh, I have wasted, I've spent so much time in the house of the Lord, spent so much time in the presence of God, in God's work, I have given so much. Maybe it would have been better if I had withheld certain things. So many things that I have sacrificed and have come to follow God. Was that a mistake? God is your great reward. Hallelujah. Exceedingly great reward. The Bible says that Abraham, now seeing that God was with him, God appeared to him in a vision, now knowing that, oh, this is my time, Abraham began to tell God about his future plans or his future worries. He said, God, you know, all these things that is going on, my wealth, everything that I'm going to possess in the future, I don't have anybody to leave these things with. 
There is no one who will be with me who can take over my possessions. Who do I bequeath my wealth to? Abraham was worried about the future. This morning, if you are here and you are fearful, you are afraid of something in your life, do not be afraid. Yes, you have chalked some successes in the course of the year, but there are certain things in your life that is just a brush of hair at the back of your head, of your mind. It's like something is making you afraid of something. Do not be afraid. God is your shield and your reward. Amen. And if you are afraid about the future, that is why we, say, we sang that song. If you are afraid about things that might happen in the future, Concerning you, maybe you're young, you don't care about bequeathing your property, but there's something about the future that frightens you. Do not be afraid. God is your exceedingly great reward. So God said, Abraham, come outside. He took him outside. He said that Eliezer of Damascus is not going to be your heir. I promise you that one will come out of your loins and he will be your heir. Hallelujah. And Abraham, I believe, was puzzled. God brought him outside. This is where the message begins, beloved of God. God brings him outside and says, look at the stars. And I believe that at that time, there were no smog. There were no pollution. There were no city lights. So those were the days that you can see the cluster and canopy of stars bright in the skies. And God said, Abraham, just behold. Look at these stars. Can you count them? I believe that Abraham, with a spiritual eyes, I can see Abraham wobbling and going out. He said, God, I cannot count them. He said, if you can count them, then this is what God said. Then these, these stars will be your offspring, your seed, S-E-E-D. There are many stars. There are many items, many celestial bodies that he can see, uncountable, innumerable, but God said that. Seed, or you're going to have a seed is going to come out of you that through all these innumerable number of people will come through that seed. Beloved of God, Bible says that Abraham believed and God counted it to him as righteousness. Abraham believed and God counted or accounted it to Abraham as righteousness. He believed and God apportioned righteousness to that belief. So the question is, how is it that God counted this belief to Abraham as righteousness? Was it because of Abraham's works? No, it wasn't because of Abraham's works. Was it because of what Abraham achieved, attained? No. Abraham did pretty good works. This man just left Babylon and said, and, and followed after God to a place where he, he, he didn't even know where he was going. It was pure faith. He just followed the leading of God. This man was able to conquer these kings and bring his people back. To the extent that the king of Sodom said that this thing that you have done, I'm giving you a gift. He said, no. 
Abraham did many works, but Bible says that there is nowhere in scripture that says that he received righteousness because of those works. And when you read Romans chapter 4, let's read Romans chapter 4 real quick. Romans chapter number 4. Romans chapter 4. Paul said, What shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Not to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. All Abraham had to do was to believe and have faith that what God was telling him was true. And indeed, it will come to pass. So Paul is saying here in Romans 4, that look at Abraham. Everything that he accomplished in Genesis chapter 12 through 14 and 15, everything that he did, none of that counted in terms of apportioning righteousness to him. The only thing that was important to God, the reason why God just justified Abraham and chose him and said that, you know what, because of this, you are righteous from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet is that Abraham believed. Abraham believed. But beloved of God, Abraham's faith was flawed. His faith was flawed. This same Abraham, see, God said, because you believed, you are righteous. I declare that you are righteous. Because you believed. But in reality, Abraham's faith was flawed. This same Abraham told Sarah that, Sarah, because these people, you are a beautiful woman, when they see you, they are going to kill me. So go ahead and lie. I'm going to lie that you are my sister. And make sure that you tag along that same lie. This same Abraham, after God had determined that because he had believed, he would us. In fact, the following chapter, when Sarah said, Abraham, I know that God has given you a promise, given us a promise. There's an earth. Somebody is going to come out of our own loins. Maybe, maybe, God did not see it right. But there's Hagar, our servant. Maybe you can go into Hagar and have a baby out of Hagar. And that probably is what God is talking about. Abraham did not think about it twice. Someone who believed. Someone who had faith in God. And went ahead. And had Ishmael through Hagar. His faith was flawed. And I believe that you're sitting here looking at me and say, Pastor, you know, that makes me feel a little bit better. And you are justified. Bible says that Abraham believed and it was counted unto him as righteousness. But after that, we saw a few flaws in the lives of Abraham. So what made 
that believe what made it so special. Abraham did not believe because of certain rituals that God gave him to do. No, he believed just plainly what God had told him about this seed who was going to come out of his lawn. Of that seed, many people will be blessed. He just believed that statement and that promise from God. Abraham did not just have faith in anything. He honed in on that promise that God said, look at the stars. Can you count them? They are innumerable. I promise you, out of your seed, out of your seed, will come the offspring. The people that I'm going to bless, Abraham, they'll all come through you. Abraham latched on that statement. Praise the Lord. So even though his faith was imperfect, even though he was a normal human being, faulted here and there, because he honed in on that promise of God that was enough for God. Let us go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. And you will see something there real quick. Galatians chapter number 3. I'm reading verse 16. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not and to seeds as of many but as of one and to thy seed which is Christ. Hallelujah. Let us read the New, New, New International Version, the NIV version and we'll, we'll have a um, a good understanding. NIV. Galatians chapter 3, verse 16. Let us read from verse 8. Okay. Bible says in Galatians 3, 8, that scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Now let's jump to 16. 16 says that the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Scripture does not say and to seeds, meaning many people, but to your seed, meaning one person is Christ. The law introduced 430 years later does not set aside the covenant previously established by God and thus do away with the promise. Here Paul writing to the church in Galatians is revealing to us that when God took Abraham outside and showed him the stars and said that thy seed, out of thy seed, will come a people who will be blessed, a people who I call through you. Paul is saying that that seed Christ Jesus. So when God said that, when Bible says that Abraham believed and was counted to him as righteousness, scripture is reminding us that what he believed in back then 
Even though Christ had not been revealed, the Holy Spirit was able to open Abraham's eyes for him to see that that promise that God gave him was referring to Christ. And because he latched on on that promise, believing in Christ, it was counted to him as righteousness. So it doesn't matter. It didn't really matter the flaws that Abraham went through. It didn't really matter the negatives of his life because he believed in Christ. You know, Genesis 3, the earlier part, verse 8 says that when God met Abraham, he actually preached the gospel to Abraham. Everything that he took Abraham through, it was pointing to Christ. And Abraham, because he believed and had faith and agreed or accepted the promise of God and followed that promise because the center of that promise was Christ, God accounted it to him as righteousness. This morning, what do you believe in? What do you believe in? You have to believe in something. You cannot walk the surface of this earth without believing. You must believe something. I want to reintroduce this Christ to you. Believe in him the same way that Abraham believed in him and God saw righteousness and imputed into Abraham the same way that if you believe in this Christ, you are called the righteous one. Hallelujah. So if you want to be declared righteous, if you want to receive the salvation that comes only through Christ, if you want to find a place to hedge your faith that will never be shaken, then the place to be or the place to do that is to believe in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So I just want to remind you that it was more than just faith that Abraham encountered. It was more than faith. It was more than just believing. I believe that the, the Bible says the demons, they know Christ, they believe in him. In fact, they are, they are, that's even better because they even tremble at the mention of his name. But there's no way that they have what you and I are having this morning. Believe in Christ. Hallelujah. This morning, believe in Christ. Question, I want you to search your heart and ask yourself a genuine question. Do you really believe? In Christ. Look, it doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter your faults. But there's one thing that you cannot leave here this morning without doing. That is thinking about this Christ. Believing in him. That through him, you are counted as righteous. Amen. Amen. Abraham believed in that promise. That promise came to Abraham. But through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, through that lineage, through Christ, all the promises that came to Abraham has also come upon us. Beloved of God, salvation is only hedged in this Christ Jesus. And the only way to, enact, to, to receive that salvation is to believe in this Christ Jesus. I don't think it's that complicated. The criteria for believing, the criteria for receiving righteousness, the criteria for having your salvation 
is to believe that Christ Jesus is the son of God and believe that on the third day he rose from the dead, from the death, and believe that he is a child, son of God. Once you believe that, the Bible says that salvation comes to your doorstep. It is just that simple. Not just believing in baptism, not even believing in the communion. Those do not lead you to salvation. After you've received salvation, those just come. But the core, the thing that you need to make sure that you have is that your faith and belief is in Christ Jesus. And Jesus knew that many times in our lives, we will be able to come to a point where we ponder. Maybe some of you, sometimes in your life, you even forget. Forget about the work that he did on the cross. He brings our minds to the fact that he is the Christ and he is a source of our salvation many times. And he said that in order for you to remember, in order for you to have this at the forefront of your life, do this often. That is, take off my bread and drink off the wine. And anytime you do this, remember that it started from Abraham through Isaac, through Jesus, and now it is yours. This morning, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to partake of the Lord's Supper. It is not a time to run away it is a time to fix yourself and come boldly in the presence of God and take that Lord's Supper. And whilst you do that, remember that if you have faith and believe in Christ, you are saved and you are righteous. Hallelujah. It is not by your works. It is not by the faults. It is not by the blame. It is not by anything outside. Hone in on the fact that believing in Jesus Christ will give you the ticket to eternal life. Shall we be on our feet? Oh, the blood of the Lamb.